So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily, and I'm here, as always, with my sweet husband, Andrew. And guess what? What? This week marks three years of podcasting. That's crazy. Are you sure? Yep, I'm positive. Three years? We started, we launched our first episode in the first week of August of 2019. Oh, And it is currently the first week of August 2022. That's right, because we recorded with a few... Like with um, with Rochelle Chase and a few other people when we were still in Provo. Yeah, yep. Wow, that's crazy. I know. Has it gone by fast or slow for you? It's, it's gone by a little bit of both. I feel like time just goes by fast, but then I feel like we've... I feel like we've been doing this forever. Yeah, I yeah. feel like, and I feel like we've grown a lot with it, and I feel like the podcast has changed as we have changed yeah and as the world has changed yeah I, I, it's, it's kind of interesting it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to go back and listen to this podcast from the beginning at some point because i feel like 2019 was the last normal year yep right everything's been nuts since then right and i, I get that crazy things have happened before then but it seems that ever since 2019 things have just been consistently crazy both in the world and in our lives, personally and professionally. It's been kind of a whirlwind. So it's going to be interesting to kind of listen to all of these retroactively, to hear how we kind of experienced everything in in life. Yeah, I think it's a really great collection of, like, spiritual thoughts and ideas. And also, we have so many guests that have been on with their own ideas, opinions, and expertise. There's, There's quite... A large collection of wisdom here. Can you imagine what? Not doing... really wisdom from us, but wisdom from our guests. Well, can you imagine what doing history work is going to be like in a hundred years when you're trying to figure out, hey, what was it like in the 2020s? And Ooh. so they'll just they'll comb through old podcasts and yeah. they'll just listen to podcasts all the time. Interesting. That's gonna be super fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry, uh, but I'm really happy <laughs> that I, I'm super happy that we've done this so far. We're not quitting yeah, me or too. anything. Just the, the, this kind of sounded like we were like we're winding coming up to, quit. to a close. Not quite yet. No, we are Stick not with us. not quite there. We still someday, but we still feel like this has been it's super beneficial for us. Uh, I know some people don't like working with their spouse. I, we're going to talk about this later, right? Yeah, I'll just say this last thing. This one okay. thing, and we'll move on. Okay. I know a lot of people don't particularly enjoy working with their spouse on projects or professionally. I love the process of working with you. Oh, thanks. I think we've grown a ton because it's not always easy. We've definitely grown a lot. I've grown a ton. A ton, ton. I mean, it's not always easy because when you're, when you kind of live two, not entirely separate lives, but in a regular day, you're at home with the kids or not Mm -hmm. at home, but like you're with the kids Um, all day and I'm in the workplace and... We largely live separate lives during the day, and then we get to come back at the end of the day and 
and complain to each other about our our days and commiserate <laughs> and just be together. And so it's almost like a separate thing. And when you work together, there's no avoiding the things that you have to do. Like if we are recording an intro or recording a podcast, we are working out a, a, a outline or an outline for mm-hmm. a guest, we have to decide on something. Right? Yeah. So there's no avoiding a decision. We have to kind of drive through it. And it happens on such a frequent basis that it's improved our emotional intelligence like uh, and our communication skills as a couple a ton yeah and i think on like more of a personal note for myself it's it's been hard but good but hard communicating like my opinions and emotions Uh um just because i don't know maybe i'm just more stubborn than i thought i was (laughs) but like like when, like when, when we're, we're planning, when for we're stuff? planning stuff, or when we're talking during recording, and I don't understand something, or like our pages, like we're not on the same page, or something, like I can get very quickly like embarrassed and frustrated, and like why don't you understand my yeah. opinion, or like why don't you see it the same way? And so it's been challenging in that way, but also so good because it's good for our yeah, communication. Yeah, I think there's going to be some interesting things to talk about when we do our anniversary episode. Yeah, that'll be in a few weeks. So, yeah, little intro to that, I guess. So, But that's not what we're talking about today. No. Today we're talking about something else that is frequently our episodes are common themes that appear in our lives or that we're discussing in our marriage. And I like to philosophize philosophize a little too much if you haven't noticed <laughs> if you haven't caught on and this is just a personality trait it's not something I, I just do for the podcast the podcast is really a a result of the philosophizing not the other way around and we frequently try and create philosophical constructs to describe experiences that we're having mm-hmm. or emotions or things we're going through and a lot of people do that but it's not just not just us right i think i hope are we are we the weirdos no no good we're not. <laughs> good good so hun, why don't you talk about this one because this you kind of brought this up <clears throat> so we brought this up originally. yeah um we I actually mentioned <laughs> originally we actually brought this up in last week's episode the whole concept of the bunker mentality um i yes not yesterday last episode talked about how I just felt like I needed to scoop up my family and like go into the back country and I don't want to hear any news. I don't want to know what's going on in the world. Definitely be like living on earth, but not in like of the world at all in zero, like zero percent world. Wow. So well put. That is just my brain spewing we out. We want describe. to live in zero percent world. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like physically living on earth, but like not like connected to worldly things at all, which sounds kind of nuts. Um, but I think just we spent this year homeschooling and then we got really excited about like wanting to homestead and like have gardens and grow our own food and move out into the country. And I think like all these things kind of compiling on each other. And then with, hard things happening in the news and with our country and it's just like made me want to scoop up my family and go into the woods and start our own little life there with no outer influence and not 
projecting any outer influence anywhere. Just when, when specifically that, do you, I'm like, what, what causes you to have this feeling specifically? Definitely world news and like national news or local news, any news. Like I don't watch the news. It's too hard for me. I can't. Um, so like anything like that. And then social media has definitely done that for me also, yeah, you know, which funny about all we'll this? talk about, but what? 90% of the entertainment, not entertainment, 90% of the media I consume is news. Yeah, this is nuts. Whether so. it's like news <laughs> How podcasts are we married? <laughs> or news articles. <laughs> right. If I'm on my phone not doing work, it's usually yeah. some form of news. Even my social media is mostly Or watching jujitsu fights. Right now, yes. That that is that is a thing. That is my other my yeah. other form of media. But that's just like this how I've been feeling is I just want to escape almost to just like run away with my family. And there's something in me that knows that that's not the right thing well, to do. And, and we hadn't, we were talking about this on our drive back from Utah or mm-hmm. to Utah. I can't remember. I think it was back home. Back from Utah. Emily was talking about wanting to do that and wanting to just take care of our family. and Like we were, it all sounds like good things. And we were talking about uh, how we want to limit how much we're spending, how much time we're spending out of the home. And all of these things sounded good. But as we were talking, I just felt, hey, there's something off about this. This doesn't feel completely right or completely in line with the gospel. Which, I mean, that doesn't mean you can't homeschool and you can't homestead and right, like be with your family. Right. That's not at all. No, because we, we are. We're doing those things. Yep. And so there has to be a balance right between working in the home and, and working outside the home. Or like not working outside the home, but... There has to be a balance between the bunker and everything else. Right. And we brought up a comment that our mission president told both of us because we mm-hmm. served the same mission. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting, especially because Emily misremembered the. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's embarrassing. Quote, which was. I remembered the quote, but I applied it to something else. Right. <laughs> I was so like, you, oh. <laughs> you like applied it in a way that justified your. Right. What you had thought. Yeah. Anyways. Which I think we frequently do that. It's not a. It's it's not a, a slam on you. I think it's it's what we usually do as humans is we misremember things to try and support our our viewpoints, our decisions. Right. It's embarrassing. So a few months after Emily and I were married, maybe six months. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Maybe a little bit longer. No, it must not have been that long because six months after we were in Europe and then we were in So it was sometime between the time we got married and six months. Yeah, so within several months. And our first semester, we were really bad at the whole friend thing. Oh, yeah. We were just like, we're married. We're our best friends. We don't need anybody else. Yeah. It was That's it was a we party all the time. It was great. It was fun. We just stayed up late all the time, and we slept in and just cuddled and went on lots Ate of... Ate too much ice cream, and I gained a little bit of weight. Went, on, <laughs> went on late night ice cream runs, and it was very... And we just... We had each other, and we loved it. And we weren't super engaged in award. We, we went to all of our meetings and everything. But we didn't care about making friends right. or socializing. Yeah, we, we actively said, oh, like, I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, we have each other. I don't really care to have friends. And that was, that was kind of our first semester. And towards the end of that semester that we were married, we had a mission reunion or something. And so we were talking to our mission president, President Borders, Gary Borders. He was asking us some question and we said oh we love we love being married it's super fun 
we are always together and he asked something about our ward and we basically somehow told him that we weren't super engaged in in making friends and going to like the extra church activities we were we were going to all of our church meetings filling our callings and whatnot but we weren't that engaged in our ward and he kind of said hum hmm and then <laughs> told us a story about when he was newly married his bishop or stake president or somebody saw him walking the hall with his wife, sister boarders, and they were madly in love. And the priesthood leader stopped and started talking to them for a little bit and, and said, ah, I'm so happy to see how in love you guys are. Now, when you finally get over your selfish love, the Lord will be able to actually use you in the kingdom or something to that effect. Yeah. No. Yeah. And That's I brought weird. that up to Emily. And it was, yeah. And, and keep, keep going. Do you remember what you, no, well, keep going. Yeah, so I brought that up to Emily, and she didn't like it very much when I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> so and we were talking about whether this applies to families. I thought I was thinking it applied to, like, starting a family. Yeah, like just specifically referring to, oh, are you going to have like kids? Like having or, kids. Or, but what he, what the priesthood leader was actually saying was, are you engaged in the ward? Are you engaged in your community? Are you trying to serve others? Are Because you can't just focus on yourself and your own unit. You have to be building community, right? Community is much bigger than just you, your, your spouse and your kids mm-hmm. and your parents, right? It, it's yeah. just, it's much bigger than that. And I think that's what this priesthood leader was was saying, and that's what President Borders told us he was saying. Mm-hmm. And so we then began a discussion about how does that apply to families. So what do you think, Hun? How does this apply to families? Are you are you okay? I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Just um, this is where we yeah. need to cut. How does it apply to families? What do you mean? What do you... Well, I, I was just talking about how we thought it meant, like, or I thought it meant to start a family. Right. And you're so, talking about how... How does it apply to families? To starting a family? No, no, no. To the whole purpose of this episode. <laughs> well, well, but I just... You, you just said that. You just said how it applied. Okay. Then we don't say right? You're good. I, briefly... Okay. Okay. I'll answer the question. We can just cut that question out. It's fine. It's okay. I was just trying to lead you in to be able to talk about the next part because I, you. I, okay. I, well. I feel like I've been talking for a long time. I just don't know how to like have you jump in. Okay, I'm ready to jump in. Okay, jump in. <laughs> just jump in. We'll, we'll cut out the question. Okay. No, no. Okay. We're keeping. I'm answering the question. Okay. Okay. So I think what is meant by that is like we can't have a bunker mentality when like within our family. Or our marriage, maybe that like we have to extend ourselves outward. Does that make sense? Let me, let me back up. Okay. okay. So what was really interesting about this point is it started getting us thinking about how th- this desire to circle the wagons and get everybody away from all the world and and not really be engaged with anybody else besides our immediate family that wasn't what we were actually wanting 
right? It wasn't a good thing. We, and we felt that it was a little off. Like there was something wrong with, with that approach. We didn't feel as, as happy and as light. Mm-hmm. And we realized that it was on its surface that impulse was really similar to the impulse to have an outpost of heaven. Right. But something so, was different. And so we came up with a new concept called the, the we're calling it the bunker. Right. Like the bunker, the bunker versus mentality. the outpost. So, so what is what is the difference between, like a not a metaphorical, but an actual, an actual bunker. literal difference between a bunker and an outpost? Right. So I'm, I'm generalizing here and they, they have different functions at different times. and But I'm looking at, traditional military definitions of these things so outposts generally are forward not forward operating bases but they are areas that are built up in a hostile area where there's not a lot of support but the military power wants to be able to project force into that area so they build some kind of fortification, some outpost that has defenses, but the primary goal is to then be able to take the forces that are in that outpost and project power in the area, right? And a bunker serves a pretty different purpose. So you can have deep fortifications in outposts, but bunkers, when I think about bunkers, I generally think about a heavily secure, heavily fortified area frequently underground or in a mountain or like in a basement that has lots of extra concrete and steel doors and is really meant to keep everything out the primary goal of it is to protect from things like bombs or uh really bombs like heavy explosives and so that that's when i think of a bunker i think that that's what i think of and from a military perspective, the difference is that place is just to keep you safe. It's not primarily a place for you to project power in a region. Mm-hmm. And generally, a bunker is actually something that's kind of far away from the front lines. It's, like for, it's, it's far away from the enemy. And it's a place where you seek refuge when the enemy is doing things like dropping bombs from planes or firing artillery at you. And, because if you are in a bunker and the enemy is nearby, they can just surround the bunker and cut off your oxygen or your food or or whatnot. And it's hard for you to really do anything because you're in a bunker and you don't have a lot of visibility. And so you're you're cutting off contact and your access to the world around you. And it can be very, very good in a very specific situation and very, very bad in most other situations. Interesting. So from pure military standpoint. So what you're saying is that I shouldn't scoop you guys up and um, move to the woods. Baby, I'd be very impressed if you could scoop me up. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. I would also be like, very impressed if you could live in the woods. <laughs> yeah, truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so although the idea and the desire seems good, it's I mean it's it's not lasting. Yeah, if well, that makes sense. Like it. It can't last. Well, let me let me ask you this. If you have that desire to have the bunker mentality, mm-hmm. how does that fulfill our imperative from the Lord to, one, be in the world and not of the world, or to be the salt of the earth? Okay, fine. <laughs> um, and to become a Zion people. 
right? right. To be, no, you're right. And I'm not accusing you. I have the exact same feeling. Like, this is not something that just you felt. Mm-hmm. I have felt this strong desire, too. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's not just when things are, like, scary in the world. It's when things are hard. I'm like, okay, this is really ridiculous. This work thing is professionally, what like what I do where we're at professionally. It's, it's very difficult, like, emotionally. And it's taken a lot of effort. And it's very frustrating and a lot of money. And it's very difficult. And at times, I just want to throw it all at a brick wall and run away to the mountains somewhere. <laughs> I think that's also a, a good point is like we we have to learn that we can't run away from our problems and that's what we're doing in a bunker mentality. If we don't need to be in a bunker and we are in one then we're we're running away for for no real reason maybe. No, we'll scratch that. No, I think it's I think it's a good point. I mean, the it gets down to it is it is an outpost mentality or a bunker mentality more faith filled. Yeah. Right, because I feel like a bunker mentality is inherently more fearful. Mm-hmm. Right, and what I like about the outpost mentality in this metaphor is there's still a degree of protection. Right, it's not like we're sitting out naked on the salt flats or anything <laughs> like we're completely exposed to the elements and to anybody that wants to drive around us yeah we are we still have walls and we still have pointy sticks and guns and, and all those things that you have in an outpost but it's less extreme right it's less fearful and it's more faithful with a, an outpost it's not that you have more control of what's coming in. It's that you are confident that with the tools you are able to provide and the skills you're able to develop as a family, you are going to be capable of dealing with what comes in. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Right. And, and so it's a, a more faithful way of engaging with the scary things of the world. Yeah. No, I like that. And, and so I like that it's a balance. It's not an extreme because the Lord seems to never really work in extremes. He seems to be very, I don't want to say moderate, but he's very balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And so it's not all fear and it's not all rainbow pony optimism. <laughs> like there, there's a middle ground where you are aware of danger but you're not full of fear. And if you're aware of danger, you have to take action to stop danger. You can't just say, oh, danger is not going to be a problem. You have to take action. Um, and I would say even possibly in, in, a, in an outpost, you might have a bunker in your outpost. Yeah. And that might be Sundays. Mm-hmm. Like Sunday might be your bunker to some degree, yeah. right? Like from the world. Like you're still engaging with church and, and whatnot. But on Sundays, like... like I try and make that an extra special day mm-hmm. where I, I, I'm off of social media. I don't really check the news. If there's like a, a headline that is particularly interesting, I'll get on, but I don't scroll the news right. like I usually do or I listen to my news podcasts. Mm-hmm. But so I think Sunday in some degree can be a type of bunker. Right, and it might just it might not even be a bunker. It might just be closing the doors at the outpost and focusing <laughs> yeah. on who's in the outpost. Yeah, interesting. So in July, I may have mentioned this already in another episode, but in July I took a big break from Instagram, um, except to post for the podcast on Thursdays. Um, but that was basically kind of 
an outcome or like a, yeah, I was feeling this bunker mentality. And one of the things that I chose to do was to get off of Instagram. And it kind of started, I was started feeling like I needed to take a break and get off for a couple months, but I didn't know how to do it or what it looked like. And I was almost like scared, which is so silly and embarrassing, but I was so hesitant and almost like fearful to get off. Like I was going to miss something, which was a big sign to me that like, okay, you definitely need a break. Mm -hmm. But, um, kind of the, the last straw was when Roe versus Wade was overturned. And everyone lost their and crap. Everyone on in at least in my Instagram feed was so angry. There were extremely few voices that were excited and happy about it. And there was a lot of hostility and a lot of anger from yeah. other people. Did, you, did I tell you that when I read that headline, I literally jumped for joy? Yeah, you did. <laughs> yes! And I felt like that, like seeing all of those responses to that news was it it like took away the joy of the news you know like the joy of what had happened in the news yeah i, I should have I been remember you dealing with i should have been happy and excited but i couldn't feel any joy from that which is so sad i was just so upset with the other opinions that i was seeing um and so it kind of started there and i couldn't handle it anymore i just i had to get off and it was it was not just that. That was just kind of the last straw. I knew that I had been using Instagram too much. It was taking away from my kids and time with my kids and I was scrolling mindlessly and exceeding my like my timer limit every day that I had set. And I I just was using it as a way to escape and to numb myself and and it wasn't healthy and it wasn't good. And I was focusing too much on a virtual world and not enough on my real life world. Yeah. Um, so I decided in July to get off for one month and it was an amazing decision. It was so, so good. And I just, I just would recommend it to anybody that's thinking that they should get off of Instagram to just try. I know in, Oh, was it in 2020 when president Nelson? Yeah. Um, or, I don't remember when, but yeah, it was, yeah. President Nelson encouraged us to take a social media fast or to do a social media fast for 10 days. And we did that, and it felt great. Um, but that first time, it was really hard. I felt like like I felt the addiction almost, and like my, my fingers would go to the app, or I would just like forget, and I would just out of habit and, you know, just get back on. And it was really hard to get off. Uh, but this time... I, my very first feeling, as soon as I decided, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm closing out. I just felt such relief. I was so happy. I just like couldn't contain my happiness and my relief. <laughs> and it, it sounds silly to talk about it now, but like, I'm just so like, I was so happy. I was so right. relieved. I felt like there was this like weight or pressure lifted from me and it wasn't hard at all to stay off. I was so surprised. I thought it was going to be so difficult. Right. Um, that I would want to be checking on something or, or scrolling or just out of habit, opening it up. And I just didn't feel that way at all. So how do but, you... Oh, go ahead. Good. Okay. So I went through phases of like, hey, well, how do I... What's my next step here? Like, am I getting back on Instagram or am I done? Like, am I 
am I deleting it? Am I, you know, what's my next step? And I went through some phases with it. And first, I was like, yeah, I don't really, I don't want to get back on very often, maybe maybe just to post every few and often. This was like a every, serious every, you know. emotional thing for her. Like she was like, I know this is so, it, she, it's embarrassing that it was such a serious thing because it's social media. It's not even the real world. Well, hold on before we, we go on mm-hmm. with this topic. I think it's really important for us to check our assumptions because one thing I've noticed as we've talked a lot about this specifically, and let, let's try and tie this back into the bunker mentality. Right, conversation. Yeah. I find that we frequently repeat the narrative uh, we repeat this narrative from other people, or we hear other people say things like, "This is virtual reality; it's not even the real world." Right? So that 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 idea is something that we tell ourselves a lot. But I don't know if it actually reflects reality because nasamam daily, in actuality, right? That's how that translates. <laughs> in actuality, that it is the real world. Right, those are yeah. real people. Like this yes. is how we maintain real connections. Yes, there's there's filters and there are lots of issues with it, but it, how different is that from real life? Right. No, right. you're right. right. And, and and I didn't mean to say that that there are that people on social media are not real or their lives are and, not real. And, and, and don't matter. But what what I'm getting at is sometimes we feel guilty for wanting to see what other people do are doing on social media. We feel like we the problem is when we tell ourselves that narrative that I shouldn't be into this. This is this isn't the real world. We are we feel awful because we feel that way or we we tell ourselves we should feel that way and we also feel the desire to be on social media and the desire to see what other people are doing and keep it, keep up with our, our family members who are having babies or who are mm-hmm. our friends who are in Russia or in Ukraine right. or, yeah. or in, in Europe or wh- wherever it is. So these friends that we can't have contact with any other way besides social media and we have a desire to have connection with them. Right. And yet at the same time we're telling ourselves, I shouldn't want this. This is virtual reality. I shouldn't I shouldn't want to do this. Right. I don't think it's bad. I don't think you're a bad person if you believe that. I think we just tell ourselves this idea of how we should be. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it actually reflects reality. I think it's totally fine to want to be on social media and to see what our relatives are doing, see what our friends are doing. I think we just have to balance it. And I think when we tell ourselves that we shouldn't want it, because that's it, it sounds good and we hear you know, cool stories on Instagram or cool reels about people uh, getting rid of, of Instagram or, or super limiting their social media access. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it causes a little bit of cognic, cognic dissonance mm-hmm. uh, because we end up really wanting the connection, but then thinking that we are less than for wanting the connection. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So that, that, that doesn't discount anything you're saying. It's just the, kind of like a little side note, right? So I, okay. I think that we can be happier and healthier if we check our assumptions along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those assumptions that is kind of sneak, sneaking, is sneaking in the word? Snuck. Snuck. Snuck it. Snuck it into the Christian social media world and sphere. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Interesting, yeah. So go on. So how does this tie in to the bunker versus outpost mentality? So I was mentioning before that I was going through like phases of what I wanted it to look like, what my usage 
I wanted my usage to look like. And at first it was definitely like a bunker mentality. Like, nope, I'm not doing this. I'm just going to like keep everything <clears throat> to myself and like just get off pretty much for good, but not completely for good. Um, and then I ended up kind of going through waves of that. And then I think I've decided to switch to more of an outpost mentality to have rules and limits and boundaries and all that for myself and my own use, but to continue to share goodness and light and all the family things. And I think that's totally fine. And I think that the important thing for me was that I need to have rules. Right. And, and like follow them. And I'm very cautious for saying, hey, this is what you should do. This is what an outpost mentality for social media looks like. Right. In your life. Yeah. Not, not in you, Emily's life, but yes, in like but you in listener life. Because it's going to be very, very personal yeah, based absolutely. off of your own revelation and your own point in life. And I, I think for us, and I 100% agree with this, a, a bunker mentality would be let's just get rid of social media completely and, mm -hmm. and not use it or only use it super, super sparingly or only use it for business or promotional purposes. Mm -hmm. uh, an outpost mentality is more guarded, or it's not more guarded, but it's guarded. And we say, hey, there are going to be limits. Like we are going to close the gates at some point during the day, and we're going to, to man the parapets and have <laughs> have watched guard, or guards in the, the yeah. watchtower and all that stuff. And we are still going to be aware and limit ourselves and, and limit the, the access social media has to our lives and to our family. But we are going to use it to project goodness and to project mm -hmm. Heavenly Father's will and to project not just Heavenly Father's will, but like our, our, our family and to like have, I guess that's light, right? We're trying to have right. like light in the world. And then also like I use it for political discussions mm -hmm. in a very not finite way, but in a very intentional, limited way, I will engage in, in political discussions on social media. Right. But I still think it plays a role. Yeah. And I, I think that I used to think that like me sharing the gospel on social media was going to change people's minds and I was going to be a missionary in that way and like bring other people to Christ for the first time. And I think what I'm realizing is that like, I can't really change anybody's mind but I can help other people, like, not feel so lonely in living the gospel. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of like a new intention that I have is that, like, I'm not trying to convince anybody here. I'm just trying to help other people, like, continue to create their own goodness and continue to live the gospel and help them to not feel so lonely in living. Yeah, no, and I think that's great. And and we have to realize that social media now is the public square. It is the public forum, right? That's where the vast majority of public debate takes place. And that should sh that should worry all of us because look at like the 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 caliber of public debate we have on social media. I've actually had some really good political discussions over social media usually through DMs though. It's very very rarely through oh, comments. Yeah, through it's comments. almost always through DMs. So if I request you to DM me about something, uh, it's because I want to have an actual conversation with you as opposed to a, a, a comment debate, really comment dumpster fire. But the, the 
like social media is the public square. And so if we want to be engaged in shaping public discourse, we have to be engaged in the public square. And that might mean you don't ever get involved with with politics or even religious posting or anything like that. But the very fact that you are living a wholesome life and you are talking about it openly, that mm-hmm. that shares light. That shapes the public square. Because if if you are doing good and you are open about it, not trying to brag about it or you know cry on the corner that you are fasting, right? But if you are a light in the hill that's just it's just a light just in a place that's not hiding, then you are it is subtly influencing people around you to want to be more like that because they see good right. and they want to emulate good. Yeah. So how so, does... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. So I was just going to kind of wrap that up with like I've changed my social media use from the bunker mentality to the outpost mentality right. within this month. And it was... The, the fast in general was really, really rejuvenating and refreshing and i'm glad that i was able to spend so much quality time with my family and uh, and i think that that's not going to change like i'm going to continue to spend that quality time because of the limits and, and boundaries that i have set but it's so. good to have a reset right yeah it, it's and i've thought about sharing what those limits and boundaries are but i don't want to and let me know how you what you think about this andrew but like i don't want people to think that they have to follow my formula does that make sense yeah because it's it's totally up to you and what you need. Right. And your formula is going to change for your different periods of your life. Exactly. So, right. like, I have my own boundaries and limits, but I don't want to put those on other people. So, right. I think I'll just keep them to myself. So, I want to talk about how this might apply to one other area of life. Mm-hmm. Church service. So, in Ooh, interesting. Fil- I'm... fulfilling your calling okay. and engaging in the ward. So, how could that be a bunker mentality? So, yeah. So, what, what do you... I was going to ask you that. Do you oh, I don't under. Yeah, I don't see. So I, I don't see. I don't see. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me. Why well, just live into an Indian accent? I don't know. It just happened. Um, you tell me. I'm interested. I, I had a conversation with uh, an Indian guy today at work, and oh. he sounded like that. Oh, interesting. Karan or okay. Karan? Karan? I've actually. Never mind. This is a side note. Okay. I'll skip it. Okay. <laughs> so I think that a bunker mentality is something that we both struggle with. There are times where we are like calling out or like fellowshipped out. Emily and I, we love talking with people, but we are very, we, I love Emily to death. I, I love, but? no, 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 but oh. I, I love, <laughs> Emily. Like a big no, there's coming. no, buts. like, yeah. I love Emily. I love the kids. I could just hang out with you and the kids all the time. Oh yeah, no, like, yeah, I understand. I, I love our family. I love family time. I love being together. And sometimes I let that turn into a bunker mentality, even though it's such a good thing. But it's like you mean to say that like you don't want necessarily to do all the church things I because allow, you want to be with us. I allow that love of you and the kids sometimes Which is a good love. to become a bunker for me. Where I avoid, uh, I, I don't want to do other good things. Oh, I understand. Yeah. And, and other Im- very, very important things, right? Uh, I think sometimes I, I just want to spend, I just want to spend all my time with you and the kids. And I don't want to go to ward council or I don't want to go to the extra service projects or I, I get 
a little frustrated when the missionaries ask me to go out with them. I'm like, no, I, I'm, I am serving as the ward mission leader. I need to go out with them. I need to be doing these things. Uh, not every time that they ask, but I need to be engaged in that work. And I, that bunker mentality usually doesn't stop me from doing the things doing the good things or magnifying the calling, but... It, but it affects your attitude. It affects my attitude about yeah. it, right? Even things like going to the temple or whatever it is, it's really easy for me to say, oh, I don't want to go visit that family or I don't want to invite these people over, even though we feel like we need to invite them over and spend time with them or we, we want to fellowship them more because I'm just very jealous of my <laughs> my family. Yeah. And if we were to keep that unchecked, that could be bad. That could be bad. That could yeah. limit our ability to serve. And some people would say, well, that's not bad. Like, you should do that. You should just be fully engaged in your family. And I, I think that when we do that, we deny our children the greatest blessings we can give them. By them, like, seeing us serve and stuff. By like them that. seeing us serve. Yeah. By. I think I I don't think I know that I change for the better every time I'm doing those kinds of services. Yeah. Like no, when, you're right. when I am in the service of other uh, of my fellow being, I'm only in the service of my God. And when I do those things, I change. And I change so if if I have 4 hour, four free hours on a Saturday, I think it's better how do I say this? And I have the and I've have the opportunity to go serve whether in whatever capacity whether it's with with missionaries or doing a service project or whatnot. If I decide to, it, I don't even say this. I don't think that spending all four hours with the kids is the thing that is going to bless the kids the most. Does that make sense? And this isn't always true, but I think that the blessings they will receive if I spend two hours with them. And then spend two hours helping, like having like the, having them see me helping the missionaries or helping a, a widow in the ward or helping move somebody in or whatever it is. I think that being so core to who we are is a bigger blessing than than or to our kids than I could give them by playing with them for an extra two hours. And that's not downplaying the importance of playing with your kids right that's the, it's the importance of saying hey kids our family is amazing and we are eternal but we are part of a bigger family we have mm. we have an eternal family that is not just us we are all brothers and sisters of our father in heaven and in order to be happy in order to find meaning we can't just turn inwards and look at our family we also have to be part of a bigger community we yeah. also have to be actively engaged in sewing the fabric of our community. And that means that we can't just focus on on our family mm-hmm. all the time. Like We have to be able to reach out and to build connections outside of just us. Right. Yeah, no, so I love that. I think that's one way that, that applies. Mm-hmm. And so having like an outpost approach is saying, hey, no, we, we do. Family is very, very important. And it comes first. And and it is because of them that I am engaged in all these other things. And we do set boundaries. I don't do everything. I don't take advantage of every service opportunity. But so, so we are guarded 
and I'm very je- still very jealous of my time with my with my kids and with my wife, and I protect it, but I'm also engaged in our wider wider community because it, with an outpost we have to be expanding our influence and projecting the our influence and therefore the Lord's influence in the world around us and especially with fellow saints. Yeah, no, that's spot on. There we go. Spot on. Okay, this was an awesome discussion. Yeah, super fun. And I still need to get myself out of the bunker mentality. I'm working on it. Still. Oh, I, I'm 100% there, especially with the, the, especially with what we we're talking about, like being very jealous of our family time. Yeah, I, I love, 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 love our family. And I, I could just spend all the time, all the time with, all the time in the world. All with you the guys. times, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you have a love or less than love? Ooh, I'll go. I'll go second. You go first. Okay. I have a less than love. Good Debbie thing you have a love. Downer. You have a love, right? Yeah. You have a love. Okay. Good. So we'll end on a love. <laughs> <laughs> um, we recently went on vacation to Utah, and we came home, and there were some pee spots from the dog. Oh. And that made me like livid, and I am still not over it. <laughs> Um, she like getting gives dog pee poor out. Also, the death, like the death stare. Oh yeah, getting dog pee out is just a nightmare. And I've cleaned and cleaned and cleaned, and vacuum cleaned and vacuum cleaned and blotted and scrubbed with different products, and I cannot get these dog pee smells out. At this point, I don't even care about the stain. I just want the smell gone. I'm a smell girl. I smell everything, and I hate it. So I will that's, not. That's my lesson, love. I will not comment. Yeah, don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just say that I love you. We've already had discussions about this, how he doesn't smell anything and I smell it all. (laughs) It's not that I don't smell anything. I just smell the cleaner. Yeah. And I smell the pee as if it was super fresh. Yes. Yep. And I will... Do you want me to say my opinion on this or no? Well, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. I think that you are actually sensing the smell. Like when you smell it, I think that your brain is registering the smell. But I also think that your brain is registering the smell because you are expecting the smell. Because sometimes one of us <laughs> is a little pessimistic Yeah. Okay. about things like that, mm-hmm. about the ability of things to become clean or fixed or anything mm-hmm. or whatnot. And so I think that that person... That person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that you actually do smell it, but it's your brain expecting to smell it. And so when you smell the carpet cleaner, you are your brain basically creates that smell. And so I don't think you're lying. I don't think I you're crazy. I disagree, but... I, I just think that you are yeah. expecting to smell it. I've even like gotten down on all fours and been like, okay, don't expect it, don't expect it, don't expect it. And then I smell it and I'm like, dang it! <laughs> No, the other day you said that the one part didn't smell like it. Yeah, and then this morning it did. That seems unlikely. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, what's your love? We can't my talk love anymore. recently is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I started taking mm. classes a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it is 
addicting. Yeah, we don't have another hour to talk about it. Yes, so you know. I know. <laughs> I apologize to all my friends who are done listening to me talk about it, but I think it is so fun, and I'm not very good, uh, but I just love I love to watch people who are better than me. I love to roll with people who are way better than me and just kick my trash every time, uh, but every time I do, I learn something. It is super, super fun, and it's very, very technical, and there's so much research you can do, and there's so many different techniques and I think it's just a fascinating thing because so much of society is about like mitigating risk and about not about not hurting people's feelings and not making people feel like feel bad about not being as good as other people. But jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu, you every day we spend 30, 40 minutes just rolling, which means you you pick a partner and you say, hey, do you want to roll? And then you go for five minutes. And you are just trying to make each other submit and tap out. And so it's literally who is better than whom. Mm-hmm. And, and it, is a, it is a fascinating and invigorating environment to be in. Especially when you have like somebody coming at you and, you're, and you realize this person is significantly better at this than I am. And if you want to, he could probably kill me. So I'm grateful that he's not going to kill me. <laughs> but it, it's just like it, it's so different from most of the things you do in life where we're all very very wary of offending or making people feel bad and this is just full on i'm trying to put you in a position where if you don't tap out i'm gonna break something but you you tap out before you get there so i love it it's so fascinating i'm glad that you love it we'll probably talk about it more on on the dad outpost so if you want to yeah that's up and running yep if you're interested in listening to that go check that out yeah so if you guys want to hear that jump on there um Okay, so if you're feeling like you're in the bunker mentality, let's try to make that switch into the outpost mentality. If you've been feeling like you need a break from social media, I 100% support you. Yeah, (laughs) I support you. And if these these metaphors don't help you, you know, regulate or make sense of how you're feeling, figure out how, figure out what you need to use. The Lord used different types of parables for different people. So this is what we've used to help us kind of explain these feelings that we have. I suspect that lots of us feel those same feelings. Uh, you just might need to pick different parables or, or different images to kind of convey this feeling. Yep. So have these conversations with your family members, with your friends, with your uh, with your children. With your spouse too. I know, um, at least for me, being a woman, I think like Instagram is a little, I don't know, maybe it's a little more womanly. Would you say? I think that social, and I feel this. Uh, inherently, and, and so it's one of the reasons I, I for it's silly, but I feel like a little embarrassed to post. I feel like it's not very masculine to post a lot on social media. Yeah, so so I felt uncomfortable talking to Andrew about a social media fast or like an Instagram fast and my plans and my thoughts behind it because I was kind of like embarrassed that I had like a hard time with it and I was having struggles with like almost being like addicted to it. So, if you feel that way too, like, just please talk to your spouse. Please talk to each other and figure out how you can take a step back and reevaluate. Yep. Okay. Well, if you uh, loved our episode or any other episode of the podcast, please make sure to leave a rating and review. That helps our podcast a lot and makes us feel good. And please share this episode or any of the episodes that you've liked with a friend. That's one of the best ways you can help out the podcast. And hopefully it can be a good way for you to help out a friend. Alrighty. Keep the faith. Bye.